0: It's hard to obey when you don't understand the plan, and even harder to surrender when you're longing for control. But in the midst of the chaos, there's a good God you can trust in. Let's start our new series called In God We Trust. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life It's full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Venture podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so thankful that you are joining us today. We believe wherever you are, you are placed where you need to be for a reason and a purpose, and we're always praying that God will show you what that is. Hey, uh, so we're starting in this new series, and God, uh, we trust. And uh, you know, it's it's kind of fitting into the holiday season. And I know a lot of you probably just celebrated Fourth of July. Uh, and honestly, that's why we're one day late in getting this podcast out uh, because of the weekend and the holiday and whatnot. And so, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. If this is your first time being on Venture Podcast, uh, man, we appreciate you uh, finding us and, and downloading this episode. Um, just know that you can always find other episodes, just look through. We're always talking about new and updated topics with uh, regards to the life that we live in that God provides us. And if you're continuing uh, to listen to this podcast, and you know others uh, would like to listen to this podcast, man, you can help out in a couple of ways. Uh, One, that would be praying for us uh, each and every day, uh, that we get this podcast out to as many people as we can. Uh, And also, to be able to do that, uh, we kind of need your help. Uh, Financially, um, we need some support in that sense, and to keep this podcast going, um, it takes a little bit of... uh, uh, time and effort and a little bit of expenses to keep it going. So if anything you can do to help us uh, to, to get this out so more and more people can hear this, I uh, mean, we appreciate uh, you being able to do so. Hey, I'm wondering, uh, as we get started, if you guys could handle a very honest confession today. Uh, I'll just I will be real transparent with you and I, as I make this confession. Here it goes. I am a pastor, and sometimes I find it difficult to put all my trust in God. I hope I can be that real with you because um, I, I hope some of you uh, I feel that way sometimes too. I mean, I guess I don't hope you do, but I guess I'm hoping I'm not alone is what I'm saying, right? Uh, I want to trust in God, but sometimes I find it a little bit more difficult to trust in him. You know, it's, it's easier to say trust in God than it, than it is often to do so, right? Um, you might feel like I love God and I believe in God, but I still feel so uneasy about the future. When you look around, there's a lot to feel uneasy about, isn't there? There's this tension all over our country. There's this racial and political division that's very, very real. And it's very important that we navigate through it and, and do well in it. And so often you may look around and you ask yourself, well, what if? And start playing that what if game, right? What if so and so happens as life goes on? And it's really easy to ask a lot of what if questions, and especially in the cur- current climate and environment that we live in, right? Uh, We might ask questions like, well, what if I lose my job? What if I get sick or someone that I love gets sick? And what if we have to homeschool our kids for the rest of our lives? You know, Uh, you probably know what I'm talking about, right? It's easy to play the what if game. And some of you might say, well, what if I'm single for the rest of my life? Or what if I do get married, but I marry the wrong person? Doesn't that mean, well, we'd have the wrong kids or, or what if I get married? I do get married and I marry the right person. I have the right kids, but I have the wrong job and I can't quit my job because my kids need braces. And if my kids don't get braces, then they will marry the wrong person, right? <laughs> and then that means they will have the wrong kids, which means I might have the wrong grandkids. And that would be a really awkward conversation with my grandkids. Hey, aren't you, are, you aren't the kids that I was expecting. You know, that would just be awful, right? You know how easy it is to run down all the what is. And I don't know about you, but I want to trust God. But sometimes I just want to say, God, it's difficult to trust in a God I can't see. There's a lot that I can see. I can see the COVID craziness everywhere. I can see whenever my bank account goes down. I can see all the tension every time I read or watch anything in the news. God, I want to trust in you, but it's hard when I don't really see you. And some of you might say, how can I trust in God when I did trust in God, but he didn't do what I asked him to do? I prayed and I had faith, I believed and I trusted him, and he could have, but he didn't. I really want to trust in God, but sometimes it's just not easy to do. And so that's why today we're going to start a new message series that it's in a very complicated season in our world. As I said, we're calling it In God We Trust. And the title of today's message is this, and it's actually a question. Can you trust God? Can you trust God? And the answer, I believe, is absolutely, unequivocally, yes, you can. But we're going to need his word and his spirit to help us do so. And so what I want to do today is I want to show you a story from Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to give you two prayers that I believe will help you build your trust. Okay? Let me give you the context, and then we'll look at the two prayers to help you build your trust. The story behind the story is jesus was at a lake and he was teaching it was kind of like a bible study or what we might call a life group or a small group right and it was at the end of a very frustrating day for some fishermen who had been out all day and did what they normally did but they didn't have the success they normally had they didn't catch anything and so they were cleaning up their boats and putting away their nets and then jesus walked up into one of the boats belonging to simon peter and he said hey bro would you take us out on the water I don't know if he actually sounded like that or not. <laughs> but anyway, he said, hey, you, can you take us out on the water? And sure enough, Simon took him out on the water, and Jesus gave a little lesson, a teaching, a teaching right? And here's what happened. In Luke 5, uh, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon is going to answer him, but let me pause before I tell you what Simon said. Because to me, this is Simon doing his best to be polite. He's got Jesus, this very important person who just taught a really great message, asking him, an experienced fisherman, to do something that makes no sense whatsoever. So as Simon tries to be polite, again, can guarantee you that he's thinking this, teacher, you teach, I'm a fisherman, I'll fish. You're a rabbi, you rabbi, and I'll do what I do, Right. Who are you to tell me, right? How to fish? There's, there's generations and generations of fishermen in my family and you're, and you're getting on my boat, taking my time, giving me what I feel like is a stupid advice. And so Simon says this, look at Luke um, 5, 5, Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. I want to pause there. Simon says, what you're asking me to do feels really, really stupid. It doesn't make any sense. How many of you know this, that that oftentimes what God asks you to do, it doesn't make any sense? So often when God will invite you to put your trust in him, it can make you feel really, really stupid. You know, this doesn't make any sense. And you might read in scripture, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. And it's really easy to quote that to somebody else. But sometimes when you read it, you think, have you seen what's going on in our country? somebody's got to worry about it somebody's got to do something about it that that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me right now right don't worry about tomorrow well somebody better worry about tomorrow and you might read in scripture bless those who persecute you and and it's really easy to quote to someone else but you don't know the people that I work with right scripture also says don't lean on your own understanding but if I don't lean on my own understanding sometimes my bills aren't going to get paid what, are you, what you are asking me to do sometimes just, God, it just feels unreasonable. It feels completely stupid. I want to trust in you, but you've got to give me a little something. I can't see you. I can't always feel you. So our first prayer that we're going to see from Scripture is this. It's a very powerful prayer. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. Let me say it again. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. What's so powerful to me is that we see this prayer lived out when when Simon, by faith, did what Jesus asked him to do, and he let down his nets. Okay, look again at our scripture, Luke 5, 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. In other words, Simon says, this doesn't make any sense to me, but because you say so, because you're asking me to do it, and because of who you are, God, I'm choosing to put my trust in you. And this action leads us to the conclusion that you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. Okay, let me say that one again, that you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You don't have to know the end of the story to turn the first page of a story and be obedient to the one who asked you to do, the, to do this. A lot of times when we think of trusting God, we tend to think about the big things. Like, okay, God, I know you're going to ask me to obey and move to a new city or start a new career or whatever. And that may be the case. But what I found is to really grow in our trust and our faith in God, it often starts by trusting him in the smallest ways. And sometimes the smallest acts of obedience and trust lead to the biggest results, the biggest blessings, and the biggest miracles. So how do we grow in that trust? How do we learn to trust in a God that we want to trust in? But sometimes it's hard because we just can't see him. What I want to do is I want to give you some advice, and it's only in this area. And what you got to do is you just got to get clingy, okay? Get clingy. Now, I'll promise you, if you're dating, you don't want to get clingy to to someone, right? That's just weird. But when it comes to God, sometimes you just need to be clingy, okay? There's a great Bible verse. If if you've been a Christian for a long time and you have a coffee mug with a Bible verse on it, it's probably this one, okay? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight, okay? The word acknowledge comes from the Hebrew word, which means to know. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight, In all your ways, you know him. You know him on the mountaintops. You know him in the valleys. When you know him in the good times, you trust to him in the bad times, right? So how do you know God? How do you know him intimately? How do you know him, trust him, walk in him? The only way you can know him is to be close to him. And the way to be close to him is to cling to him. The word trust at the very beginning of the verse, trust in the Lord, well, how do you do that? The Hebrew word translated as trust, it means to cling to. Not just to be close and in proximity, but to hold on to and to not let go. Here's the key. In order to hold on to God, you have to let go of whatever else you were previously clinging to. Okay? In order to trust in him, you lean not on your own understanding. And can I say for a moment, that's just hard. That's almost not fair. To tell me not to lean, I'm wired to lean on my own understanding. Some would say it's a strength that I can figure this out. But when you get to the place where you let go of your own understanding, your own plans, your own desire, your own will, your own strategy, your own place of comfort, and when you cling to the one who is a rock, who will never fail you, who you, you cling to the faithfulness and the goodness of the only one who really is good, then anything else that brought you the illusion of security before fades away in the presence and the strength of the goodness and the grace and the presence of God. Somebody listening to this needs to get clingy, okay? It's time to cling to the promises of God. Don't let go. Cling to the promises of God. God, I thank you that I can cast my cares upon you because you faithfully care for me. God, I'm clinging to your truth that you will provide uh, all of my needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you and praise you that you are working in all things to bring about good to those who, who love you, who are called according to your purpose. God, I cling to your truth that you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. That when I draw near to you, God, you will always draw near to me. God, you are my refuge. You are my strength. You are my help. In time of trouble, in order to cling to the goodness of God, you have to release what you were clinging to before. Lord, help me to trust you, to cling to you, even when I don't understand. What I promise you is God will prompt you in some way. He'll invite you to trust him. And what you'll discover is that that the big miracles often follow simple acts of obedience. And we see this in our story. Jesus says, let down the nets for a catch. And Simon says, we'll trust you. And then scripture goes on to say in Luke 5, 6 through 7, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partner in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Lord, help me obey you, even when I don't understand. And so our second prayer we can pray is this. Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. Our second one is, Lord, help me surrender what I cannot control. See, I love this. Simon obeys and he lets down the nets. And he's surprised, catches so many fish that the nets can't even contain them. And suddenly he realizes, oh my gosh, Jesus is not just a rabbi. He is a holy one. Look at verse eight. Look at Peter's reaction, okay? When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And here's what Jesus did. If you imagine his love, Jesus says to Simon in verse 10, then Jesus said, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. In other words, from now on, what you've done your whole life, I'm gonna use those same skills but give you an even higher calling. So what happens? Well, let's look at how they respond. Luke 5, So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. They left everything. What did everything include? Everything included their nets. The very thing that represented provision, represented security, represented the future. They left everything, including the nets. When it comes to your nets, whatever that is, that which provides you safety, when it comes to your nets, the first thing you do is you let them down when he invites you to. You lay them down. I surrender this completely. I let go of my plants. I'm trusting this to you. And I have to say, this is not easy. There's nothing easy about this. This can be one of the biggest steps of faith ever when you say, I'm not just letting down what makes me feel secure, but I'm laying it down. I don't know who this is for, but you you may need to not just let down the nets, but lay down the nets. Because you don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to surrender. I want to show you the words from Psalm 20, uh, verse 7. The words of David when he said this, Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. In our world, we might say it this way, that some trust in the economy, some trust in whoever holds office, Some would put their hope in their bank accounts or in the medical report, and David said it this way, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. While it's easy to trust in just what you see, we're going to trust God, even when we don't understand. God, help us to obey you. God, help us to surrender what we cannot control and to put our trust in a loving God who is in total control who one day will wipe out every form of sickness, disease, sin, and discomfort. God will restore and right every wrong. God, in your presence, there will be no more crying, no more tears, no more heartbreak, and no more pain. While some trust in chariots, we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. If you find yourself today where you wanna trust, but it's so difficult to trust in a God you cannot see, you feel like you're on the edge, you feel like you might be ready to give up, I want you to think for just a moment and answer the question. When did this miracle take place? When did this miracle take place? The, what, what, when was it that the disciples who had given up hope see the miraculous provision of the goodness of God in catching fish? The answer is at the end of a very frustrating day. When did the miracle take place? It happened when they had given up hope. If you find yourself about to give up, about to surrender the dream of God answering your prayer, it, it could be your marriage, you're fighting for it, but your spouse doesn't even seem to care and you feel like you can't even hang on for a moment longer. It could be the dream of getting out of debt or, if, or of a God healing one of your children. If, it could be God hearing the cries of your heart and, and providing someone for you to share his goodness with you and do life together. If you find yourself about to give up hope, remember, when did the miracle take place? It happened at the end of a very frustrating day. If you find yourself in the middle of a frustrating season, let me remind you, it's not over. Our God is still good. Our God is still here. Our God is still in control. If you're not dead, you're not done. God has more for you. God is still with you. He is still faithful, and he hears the cries of your heart. Do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Whatever you've been clinging to, have the courage of faith to let go of your own plans, your own dreams, and cling to the everlasting goodness and the grace of our God. While some trust in what they can see, we put our faith and our trust in the goodness of God. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We hope you'll join us next week as we talk about whatever we allow to influence us changes us. And so let's let's talk about that a little bit more. We'll talk to you soon.